0: Welcome investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together
1: to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley.
0: Uh, no, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've had this uh, happen quite often out here in California, in the Los Angeles uh, area, more so in LA County than Ventura County. LA County has that person, Gascon. He's the uh, district attorney. He's very soft on crime, hmm. and so it's just they they if they do catch, most of the time they don't bother to even stop them. But if they do stop them, they're just processed left. You know, turn free turn you know they're let free and then they come back again to another store kind of that flash mob that yeah. uh, turns up and we've had we've had one or two cases out here in ventura county and these people are from los angeles you know they they say hey you know thousand oaks they got a nice mall let, let's hit it so but our um, you know sheriff's office is you know, pretty pretty wise to all this now. They're ready. They have ways of. They have their sources as well, kind of infiltrating these these mobs. And so, uh, when that does happen, they're they're pretty quick to respond.
1: Yeah. Well, this kind of activity is just going to keep getting worse and worse until they they actually start cracking down on it. Because you know, you whatever you incentivize, you're going to get more of. And if you're incentivizing. And it's incentivizing may, may not be the right word, but what Gascon is doing out there is basically by, especially by announcing it. And, you know, I think they have the same type of problem and the same type of DA in Chicago and Philadelphia. Yes. And this kind of stuff is happening everywhere. And it's like, look, you can't let a gang. And especially when you announce it, that's, that's the thing that just drives me crazy. I'm like, right, right. you know, these, these guys come out and they get into office and they're like, you know what, we, we are no longer going to prosecute anybody that, that breaks into a car, you know, breaking and entering or even grand theft auto. So, gee, what a surprise that all of a sudden these guys are starting to see more carjackings.
0: Carjackings. (laughs) Stolen cars, carjackings. You know, it's interesting, Jared, you know, I even have heard that some of these gang members that come out here to rob, you know, the flash mobs, some of them are carrying a mace just in case any of the store employees try to stop them. They can take the mace and, you know, mace them. And, uh, you know, that's the end of the store employee. You know, they they stop them in their tracks. And that is so sad to, to, to hear that. It's dangerous. It's just, it's, it's, it's terrible.
1: Well, and it, it, a lot of these stores also are complicit in it because their corporations are basically saying they they tell the employees, don't do anything. You right. know, don't even try to stop them. And even a security right. guard, it's like, why, why do you have a security guard? Who's just standing there watching these guys run out. It, right. If the security right. guard can't do anything, then number one, why are you paying the guy? Yeah. Number two, wh- that just makes zero sense to me. It's like, I, you're, you're basically just, submitting to the mob it's like yep. I, I, what i don't know to me it's just pure cowardice like look yep. somebody has to stand up to these people and, and and the bottom line is if you expand this out if you if you actually think about this on the track of where does this end ultimately yep. and society just can't survive this if we if we can't yep. figure out um how to stop enough and it's masked as a petty crime because each individual has less than $1,000, supposedly. Right. right. But as a whole, it's a criminal enterprise and, mm-hmm. and it, it is run by, there's somebody behind all that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, society just can't survive it. And that's why so many businesses are moving out of San Francisco and, and yes. LA. I've got a friend that, that runs like a a small business in the San Diego area, but fortunately he doesn't have a storefront and, but if he did, I bet he would be packing up his stuff and moving somewhere else. And I, I just don't know how anybody can survive being, being a small business down there. It's just, what's, what's the point? I mean, if you get robbed more than a couple of times, then your margin for the year is gone. Uh, So you're, you have no profitability. No, and contrary to what,
0: right? I mean, Jared, you scared all the customers away. They're not going to want to shop. They don't know when these mobs are going to come in. You're absolutely right with the, it's a kind of a decline of society. You know, I, I thought that this, we were founded on Judeo Christian values. Thou shalt not uh, steal being one of the commandments. And yet these people, who cares? Uh, you know, I've been. I've been repressed, or I've been wronged, or you know, I have a right to 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 this stuff. Well, that's not the way it works. I mean, it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. And then other people say, "Well, that's just the way it is. You know, uh, nothing we can do about it. We just have to live with it." And, and I, I see that as, as as a problem as well.
1: Yeah, apathy and and apathy. Right. just being unwilling to step up and and actually do and stand for what's right. Right. Yeah, like you said, our, our society is based on, there's a certain moral standard that has to exist in order for our, you know, the United States to actually exist. And right. as, as that deteriorates, it, it, it can't survive. And I agree. You know, with you. The, these things, it's interesting with what I do with MVAC systems, we, we are starting to sell a lot of, well, it, it's not starting, but it's increasing. It's and it's the counties and towns around the big cities that that it's happening. You know where we're putting most of our systems, and and it's because the the big cities. It's interesting. I've been told by by multiple like CSI types. You know if they belong to NYPD or or other even LA LA County, they're so busy that. They really don't have time to put in a a really good investigation. But the counties outside, they do, and they have the resources for it. And most importantly, as more and more of the crime, like you said, the gangs from L.A. that hit the Ventura malls, Ventura is not going to stand for that. And so they said, you know what, we're going to catch these guys and we're going to put them in jail. And And then they they will know that. If you're going to do this kind of stuff, don't come to Ventura County.
0: Exactly.
1: And That's exactly- yeah, I mean, Polk County in Florida, I think I'd love that guy, <laughs> that sheriff down there. I love it. i watch videos of him. I, it's, I can't think of a better sheriff because I, and there's other sheriffs, obviously in Texas and Arizona and places like that, that are kind of the same way, but they're like, look, if you break into somebody's house in this County, you're going to get shot. Yes, And I, yes. I recommend my every citizen have weapons in their home and know how to use them and be trained in them and be safe with them. I agree. But yeah. you need to be able to defend yourself. And I Amen. think more and more citizens in the U.S., I mean, there's a reason that, that, that gun sales go up every time a, a, a liberal administration comes in. It's because they know they're going to start restricting law enforcement and they're going to start being more and more lax on criminals and and so you got to protect yourself and that's just it's a sad reality but absolutely that's where we are i guess
0: no, that's that's where we are yeah. that's what said. and you know my dad my dad was a and, and he's mentioned in my book he was with NYPD for almost 40 years and he passed away in 2020 during covid the age of 90 but you know in a way i was happy to see him go because what was happening uh, with the uh, police forces and the, you know, defund the cops and all all of those things uh, would have broken his heart, uh, really, uh, to see that, Because he was all about service to the community and uh, good cops and, you know, just j- just the shame what has happened since.
1: Yeah, it's really sad. I, I've interviewed a number of NYPD guys, and you know, a lot of them they, they love New York. They born and raised there but they just can't stay and especially once they once they retire they're just like i i have to get out of here and just because they're just sitting there watching their their beautiful city and their beloved city just deteriorate and and fall into chaos and it just they just can't handle it anymore and it's it's really sad you know i like i said being a military guy i see some of the things that's happening in the military where You know, they're more concerned about pronouns than they are actual training and readiness. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before we have to send these guys off to war again. Sure. And I'm sorry, but the enemy is not going to care what your pronoun is.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I I think I can flat
1: guarantee it, Ken.
0: (laughs) No, no, for sure. I'm just I'm stupefied every time I see this thing with the military and the, the sole emphasis is on pronouns and, you know, this inordinate thing about diversity, you know, mil- the military is the military, you know, they don't care what color or creed or religion, whatever, you know, but all of a sudden, and there's this big emphasis on that. And I, I think you're wasting your time. And I think the enemy is laughing at us. Go ahead and study more diversity, take more diversity courses, work on those pronouns and we'll work on our systems, our weapon systems. It's, it's ludicrous. Yeah.
1: All oh, it's ridiculous. Go. But, you know, I think the gangs are laughing at us, too, because sure. this politically correct stuff is, is happening at pretty much every level. You know, it can go all the way down to diversity hires in police agencies and, you know, frankly, I, I think in addition to having strong moral compass, you know, for our society to survive, it also has to be based on a meritocracy. And You know, I don't care what you look at or look like. I don't care who, you know, what, what, if you're male or female, I don't, you know, none of that matters to me. If you're flying my plane, you know, I travel a lot and if you're the captain and you have those four bars on your shoulders, I don't give a crap who you are or what you look like. I want to know that you can fly this plane and that you're effective at it because, yes. (laughs) You know, yeah. if you're a, if you're a hire that only yeah. is only there because of what you look like or who you are, what your pronouns are, then you're putting everybody at risk. And that's, and eventually that is the, yeah. the, the mentality that we're going through right now is eventually going to catch up to us. And sadly, a lot of people are going to get hurt because of it. And I, I just, it's sad to me because I, I just, just look just, at it and I'm like, you know what, P- you put people in positions because they are the best. Right. And, that's that's why you should be. Uh, you know, again, I, I'll refer back to my days in in uh, at the 101st Airborne. Okay. We had a battalion commander that. So I I was attached to the the field artillery battalions there at the 101st, and right. there's three battalions there. Okay. And I mean, my battalion commander was a great guy, but the one that was over two battalions, he I think he was the third battalion commander. Well. Yeah, th- he was a black guy, and I'll tell you what, he was a stud. Everybody wanted to be in his battalion, nice. and the, nice. you know, you saw the entire performance of the battalion rise, and this guy was—he just rocked, and everybody respected him. And he, but he was—he was courteous. He was—he was easy to approach, and I, I don't—I don't know if he realized how much respect the rest of the the brigade really gave him, but this guy was just amazing. And, you know, and this is back in the nineties and, you know, I I don't think there was a, I I don't know, back then I I didn't care. And I don't think most people did, you know, what, what color somebody was or anything like that. But anyway, that's, that's kind of a a side note, but. um, Jared,
0: you put it best. You said meritocracy. I, I totally agree with you by the way, 101, the the 101 Airborne, are they based out of Fort Bragg?
1: No, that's the 82nd Airborne.
0: 82nd, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. my
1: Yeah. Oh, that's just, Ken, that's unforgivable, man. I can't even, can't even believe you did that. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Hey, I'm no, sorry. No, Fort
1: Campbell, Kentucky. Fort Campbell. Uh, just above, okay, just above that's Nashville.
0: That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm with you. <laughs> I've been to Bragg several times as a kid. I had, my uncle was, uh with with the uh, 82nd and and his son ended up with the 82nd yeah
1: no i was always envious of the 82nd because they got to jump out of airplanes but you know i had my my nine jumps but that was it okay yeah no we we were air assault that's what the the 101st is now and so we got to repel out of the helicopters and you know right I, i was good friends with a lot of helicopter pilots because i was the movement officer for my battalion so Oh. I, I was always finding some excuse to go down to the aviation group and and get a ride down there. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So And thank you for your service. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, thank you for yours. And you know, Ken, let's um let's wrap this up. I appreciate you uh you coming. But again, the name of the book, ladies and gentlemen, is A Cop's Son, One G-Man's Fight Against Jihad Global Fraud and the Cartels. And it's available on Amazon and everywhere else. And, Ken, I, I, I haven't had a chance because we've just barely met, but I haven't had a chance to read your book yet. But I, I have ordered it. And oh, well, um, thank you. Thank you. It's on my list. I've, I've got a couple of books that I'm reading right now. And hope you enjoy
0: it. I have another book that I'm halfway through. Uh, it's called Land of Sand. And it's about my uh, coming of age in the Middle East, in South York.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you could write several books on on that. It's, you know, just even even trying to explain to the average layman, you know, the difference between Sunni and Shia. I'm sure you could spend a lot of time on that. So
0: I could I could, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right, Ken. Well, hey, Thank thanks again for coming on and, and sharing a little bit of your story. And I hope everybody enjoys it, but definitely go out there and get that book. And but Yeah. Like I said, it's the day before Thanksgiving as we're uh, sitting here right now. And so happy Thanksgiving. And I hope everybody out there has a safe one.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jared.
1: My pleasure. We'll talk later. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.